Welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. We do invite you, if you haven't already, download the WGWG app for your uh, smart device, and that will be any mobile device you've got. If you've got even an Apple or an Android, you can download it and you can listen to us at any point. And even uh, you can find archive shows of Cinema Scene. Um, by going there to WGWG.org using that device or go to SoundCloud.com or one more way you can find us is going to iTunes and you can find us on iTunes. Adam Long is our co-host this week. And Adam, how the heck are you, buddy? No, I'm good. It's good to be back. It's good for us to uh, reconnect after uh, such a long hiatus. Yeah, well, the show was not on hiatus, but you and I have not been uh, been able to talk. We've had other other guests and other things going on, but uh, yeah, the show has continued to work. But I'm glad to have you back as always, and uh, it's good to oh, of course good to chat with you and talk movies. And actually, before we even got on the air, we spent a good half hour just talking movies. And so we're like, we better we better get on the air. We we got to get this thing going. So yeah, a lot uh, a lot going on. This is. Uh, uh, this is our time of year, Adam. This is the time that we love the most. And, uh, and and Christmas, of course, is part of that. We love Christmas. But uh, from movie standpoint, this is the time that uh, we just get bombarded in a good way with uh, with you know some good quality opportunities to watch films. And uh, I just I really wish that we'd see some of these kind of films uh, or more of these kind of films throughout the year and not just, here uh, around you know November, December, January, I really wish we'd see them spread out uh, because it's 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 awfully hard to catch all of them uh, here in this you know in this crunch time. It really is. Yes, it is. It is. It's it's uh, you know and you and you just it's crazy. You know these are like you said these are the quality films. I mean. You know, and then we'll go January, February, March. You can expect it uh, where we'll basically have nothing. Yeah. So you go for three months with nothing, and then you go for like November, December, where we can't get to them all. Yep, exactly. So it just makes no sense yeah. at all to me. But yeah. what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is uh, it is award season, and uh, nominations are already out for uh, a lot of the uh, awards groups out there. The Broadcast Film Critics Association, the BFCA. Um, group that I'm a member of, they will be uh, making some announcements, which you'll see next week for their year-end picks. Uh, that award show will take place uh, in January, January 15th um, in L.A., and uh, Michael Strahan has been listed uh, this week as the uh, the co-host, actually the host for that particular show, which will be airing on A&E. Uh, Golden Globe nominations uh, came out, and uh, so we've got a lot to talk about awards, uh, awards season. You and I will be giving our picks uh, in the next few weeks on some of our our faves. So we've got a lot to talk about over the course of the next few weeks. And a lot of movies are out there as well. And there may be some time uh, just to let our, our listeners know that, uh, that you and I may, may be taking, actually may be taking a little Christmas hiatus where they may not hear us. But uh, just, you know, keep coming back, keep looking, keep listening, and uh, you'll you'll find us because we'll, we're not going to be gone for too long. Uh, man, a lot of stuff going on uh, in the world of film. Uh, not just uh, from an award standpoint, but also uh, at the box office, um, there are some things happening. Um, you know, Hunger Games continuing to hold strong uh, at the box office. They got some uh, films for kids and some uh, adult comedies as well. So an interesting mix right now at the box office for people who want to see films. And those award contenders are also out there as well. And big news uh, since we last talked: um, Star Wars making some uh, some big uh, big buzz as well. Star Wars Seven. 
Um, let's get some thoughts on uh, on what you what you got from that trailer, man, and uh, some of the other things happening with that. Well, uh, I, I mean, there's just speculation, basically. I mean, we get a shot of the Millennium Falcon, which, of course, is super exciting for us guy, uh, people who came or of a certain age, like you and I, and uh, many, many others, of course. But the most interesting aspect is the stormtrooper the, who takes off his helmet and uh, revealed to be a, a, a black person suits uh, an African-American. So there's a lot of uh, speculation as to whether that, what that means. Does that mean that he uh, defects uh, from the Empire to the rebels? I mean, there's, I'm hearing all kinds of things. I mean, what can you really glean from a, a trailer that's that short? And we get the full-length trailer in May. I'm guessing a lot of these effects aren't done. They just finished principal photography, so there's a lot of effects that I'm sure are nowhere near completed for this film. So that's part of the problem. They can't show too much because they don't have anything. Yeah. But uh, so that that uh, nonetheless is is drawing speculation. So I I don't know. I think it's too soon to really even venture a guess. But what, what do you think? What are your well, thoughts? Well, you know, I loved the trailer. Um, you know, this is a teaser trailer that's that's out a year before the film comes out. Mm-hmm. And it gave us a glimpse, you know, snapshots of a lot of different things. You know, we got to see, uh, see, uh, you know, some uh, kind of a glimpse of what a battle might look like. You talk about the uh, the stormtrooper, and he does have a, a name uh, that has been. Uh, you know, this week they released some kind of trading cards, old school trading cards that have names attached to them. So, uh, you know, the guy uh, in the the stormtrooper, the African American stormtrooper, we know the name is Finn. And it's, uh, the, the trading card says Finn on the run. So the, the question is, okay, is this a, a, a stormtrooper defecting or is it uh, a rebel, you know, who, who pulls a Luke Skywalker and puts on a stormtrooper's you know, uniform? Who knows? So we'll, we'll find yeah. that out. But you get a glimpse of the, you know, the land speeders. You get a glimpse of some of the, um, some of the fighters, the Millennium Falcon you mentioned. Also, a, you know, a lightsaber, a cross lightsaber. Wow. You know, so yeah. I think um, – from a fan standpoint, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm loving this. This is just not some teaser that, that has the name, you know, and that's it. Um, I mean, this, this showed some, uh, you know, snapshots of what we might be able to really appreciate uh, come a year down the road. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to that May uh, trailer as well as we're going to be getting a lot yeah, me more too. from that. And it's going to be attached to the Age of Ultron Avengers film. Yep. I think, from what I'm understanding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is this is the Star Wars sequel we've been clamoring for. We didn't want those prequels, but uh, Lucas insisted on uh, uh, shoving them down our throats. So, you well, know. Well, we, let, let we me just, now. now I've, I've got one of my one of my uh, uh, my film students said I got to I got to I got to argue with Adam here. So I'm I'm sharing this. Um, I'm being the mediator here. Okay. He's, okay. This is a younger guy. Um, okay. He's a college student, and he said, "You know, he said maybe it didn't click with Adam. He said, but it clicked with me." Um, and another one said, "Yeah, it clicked with me too. It, it made sense. It helped us tell the st- we help, helped us understand the story more." So yeah. um, while maybe our ages, uh, and I will admit, I did not, uh, I was not a big fan of the prequels, but I did appreciate how it, uh, it did give us that, that backstory that we had known existed. It, it did help tell the story. Now, could they have done some better casting? Could they have uh, cut out a few of those things? Absolutely. But it did, it did help with the story. And it did bring the franchise back 
to life again. So mm -hmm. those are all things that I'm going to share. I know that you absolutely hated it all, and you think it was <laughs> shoved down our throats. But uh, but I'll disagree with you. I don't think it was shoved in our throats. We went to see them. <laughs> you know, we paid money to see them, and a lot of people did. And, well, I did um, too. I lined right up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so with that said, um, I, yeah, we have been waiting for this, and uh, I'm yeah, excited. Have. I mean, this is. Uh, and and it, there's a great documentary. While we're you know, I'll digress for a second. There is a great documentary out there that, that if we're, we're we're discussing this or debating it or whatever, it's called "The People versus George Lucas." Yes. and I can't recommend that documentary yeah. more for people who want to explore this whole issue in depth with a 90-minute movie because that's all the movie is. Yeah. It's basically fanboys and uh, internet movie critics and print movie critics and people just basically debating the merits of the Star Wars franchise yeah. And, yeah. and where it went wrong and, and their problems they have with George Lucas. And it's terrific, terrific movie. I couldn't recommend it more. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. If, if, uh, it's, it's a really good cheek, cheeky documentary. Yep. with a good sense of humor going there, but a lot of, a lot of really passionate people who absolutely Star Wars. <laughs> absolutely absolutely well let me uh, let me dive in the uh, box office real quick and then we've got several yeah. movies to talk about uh interstellar uh, still in the top five was number five mm -hmm. last week uh, big hero six at number four uh it's brought in 177 million dollars uh so far we've got two uh you know family and kid films in the top five uh, horrible bosses two is not one of those uh that was uh, number no. but that was number three um, uh, last week, and uh, Penguins of Madagascar, uh, this franchise uh, continues to, to live. It was number two last week, uh, and it brought in $49 million, uh, up against a $132 million budget, and uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 uh, continues to, to do quite well at the box office, a budget of $125 million. Total gross so far, uh, domestically $258 million dollars. And uh, add another three hundred million overseas, and you're looking at five hundred sixty-five million for this uh, film. Not too shabby for uh, for Hunger Games Part One, Mockingjay Part One. Not too shabby at all. Now this weekend, expectations are that that film will not hold number one. Right now, they're looking that uh, there's a lot of talk that uh, that Exodus Gods and Kings may hold that slot uh, for at least one week. Um, I did get a chance to check out Exodus Gods and Kings, and um, I will I will go ahead and, and uh, I'll cut to the chase up front and say if you want to see uh, an epic version of uh, the, the story of Moses, watch uh, Charlton Heston's uh, Ten Commandments. Uh, Exodus Gods and Kings does not do it justice. Um, this movie does only you know really it's it's capturing really truly the exodus so it's not capturing the entire moses story you don't really get a sense of the the ten commandments you don't get a sense of those kind of things other than just a, a postscript uh it really is about um the israelites um trying to find a way to escape and trying to find a way uh, for, for god to basically torture the egyptians so much that they finally said okay leave get out of here get out of here uh, I think this film had a ton of potential. The story was there. Uh, you had some great actors uh, that could perform. You had a, a director who knows how to direct uh, films that are period-type films. But there was so much lacking. I think this film, to me, Adam, it really lacked heart. You know, it had all the components that could be that could make it a great film, but it lacked the heart. And, um, you know, some of the things that the traditional Christians are going to complain about, 
or how God may be portrayed um, and how the plagues may be portrayed. Those are, those are the things that I think uh, you're going to find um, some Christians complain about. And also um, Moses not using a staff. Uh, that'll be something that that you're gonna have some people complain about. I know some people I talked to after the screening; those were things that just kept popping up over and over and over again. Uh, visually, it was a, a beautiful film, well shot. Um, it had great set designs. Um, there was some CG in it that was amazing, but yet there were some CGs for some of the sets that looked like it could be out of a bad video game. So uh, it, it was hit and miss, and uh, I think that's what bothered me uh, more than anything else. It had so much potential, but it just did not deliver. Um, I'm giving this movie a C plus uh, because it was it was a good film, not a great film. Um, had great potential. It had some things that really did live up, and other things that just wow were missing big time. So that's my thought on Exodus: Gods and Kings that opens this weekend. Well, that's uh, that, that's an interesting take on it. I have not had a chance to catch up to it, although I had a screening last week that I wasn't able to make. Yep. But, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I was curious about it. So yeah, and I will uh, say that this is, um, unless I'm wrong, and, and I'm wrong many times, but unless I'm wrong, this is not going to be one that um, audiences are going to be revisiting over and over and over again, um, You know, even Christian audiences. I mean, I, th- I think the Ten Commandments is one of those epics that, you know, to this day, a film shot in 1956 is still one that people talk about. And um, uh, this one just does not live up to the Moses story and does not live up to what uh, a remake um, of a story should be, uh, in my opinion. So so there you go. That's my thought on Exodus, Gods, and Kings in theaters now. Uh, Adam, there are a couple of other films that uh, we're going to talk about as well. Uh, one of your favorites of the year. Um, and, uh, and, and another one that's, uh, that's getting some interesting buzz as well. So let's get some thoughts on, uh, on the wild. And what was the other one you wanted to talk about? Uh, well, whiplash was a terrific, uh, movie. Uh, there's been several since we last talked. Uh, I have, I've seen the theory of everything whiplash and, uh, and fox catcher and wild. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the wild and fox catcher. And then if we have time, we can talk about the others. Okay, Sure. Yeah, Wild is uh, Reese Witherspoon's. Um, it's it's a return to to um, form for her after so many frothy light comedies that she's been known for. And I think uh, you know people were tiring of this. They weren't really turning out for the last couple of. I think like This Means War was one of the last ones she did, and it basically made little to no money. And I think she decided to sit up and take notice and get serious about her career and she's appearing also in inherent vice you know which comes out uh, today in limited release and uh this movie is going to be uh it's already out in in limited release and is going to be uh going wider i think we're going to get it in the charlotte area next friday but it's just a superb superb film it's a true story about uh this this woman cheryl strayed and uh, the the it's it's interesting her name is Cheryl Strayed because she has lost hope basically she has she's strayed from her husband uh, after the death of her mother she just kind of kind of went on a wild binge and had several affairs which led to her marriage uh, dissolving and uh, she's just gone for years of reckless and destructive behavior and she just decides 
with no experience and just her determination that she's going to hike more than a thousand miles of the Pacific Crest Trail alone. And it just kind of the movie just kind of captures the the terror and the pleasure of of her doing that. I mean, it's it it's a movie that just forges ahead, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, in in the case of this film, it's it's just really her her performance is top notch. The the sound design, the uh, photography, the choice of music on the soundtrack, even. It's just all, it's, it's the technical stuff is just all top-notch. It's directed uh, by the same guy who made Dallas Buyers Club um, last year, uh, Jean-Marc Vallée. And it's written by Nick Hornby, which Nick Hornby is a famed novelist who has written several films uh, about a boy. He's one of the most notable ones. He also wrote the novel that High Fidelity with John Cusack yep, was based yep. on. And I think he also wrote the script for that film, but it's, it's just so so well shot, well well edited, well filmed, and well acted, and it's it's just uh, by the end of the film, I was uh, I found myself uh, in tears myself uh, at, at a point a certain point during the end of the film, which I won't say too much about, but uh, it really got to me, and uh, it's going to be a film that I want to revisit in years to come. So A minus for me on uh, Wild. And we, we may be uh, seeing we, uh, Reese get some uh, award recognition uh, for this. She should. She should. I, and we were talking about this earlier. She was really good in Walk the Line, yep. uh, no doubt. But I think she's even better here, in my opinion. Uh, she's just really stretching herself. Uh, and it's, it's a physically demanding film, too. I mean, you can tell there's, there's just a lot of, uh, obviously, a lot of this was shot on location. And it had to be a physically uh, demanding experience for her as well. So and we'll, I just, yeah, go ahead. I'll I was just say we'll also share that this is a very adult film as well. Um, yes. So it's not uh, not for the young ones. Um, it is uh, it is rated R um, for uh, for nudity and uh, for some other things as well. But just wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Yeah, as well. and and all of it is done in tandem with the story. I, yep. I mean, you, there's, I mean, yeah. You we talked about this. Reese Witherspoon t- typically does not do a lot of nude scenes, but she is. She does. There's there's quite a bit of nudity in the film, but it, it's it's in service to the story. Uh, also, there's drug abuse in the film, right. which is also in service to the yep. story. Because sometimes, as human beings, we're all flawed, and and we we all deal with horrific things that happen in our lives in different ways. And this was her response to her mother's passing. And uh, her mother in the film is played by Laura Dern, too. Also, excellent performance. And th- this uh, but, is based on a true story as well. Um, yes, there, there's yes. a, a great interview with Reese talking about um, those uh, those nude scenes as well as the drug use. Yeah. Um, and it's in uh, Glamour magazine. So if uh, uh-huh. anybody wants to check that out, it's really good because it, it actually talks about how Reese was saying, I just I didn't want to do these. You know, I just don't do that kind of stuff. And I just I really struggled with it. And um, she said, so I contacted, basically contacted the the person this story was based on and said, why did you do this? And, um, you know, she said, well, here's why I did these things. And she said, after she talked to her, it was, it was really kind of liberating to understand, ah, I get it now. Um, you know, not that I still, not that I really want to do these scenes, but I get it. I understand it and I understand the character more. And that's something that I think is impressive when it, when an actor or an actress is struggling with something going, okay, you know, why is my character doing this? Why are they really doing this? And when they can actually find what that means, man, that's that's amazing. So I, I give kudos for, for Reese for kind of reaching out and stepping way beyond her comfort zone, way beyond it. 
Oh yeah, she she does. She certainly does. And 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 this is the kind of movie experience that I live for. These are the kind of you know when you, when you can walk out of the theater and you and you feel like um, you've just uh, you, you know you, it's just an exhilarating experience. Uh, that's that's the kind of thing I live for. And I you know I I had it again earlier with the whiplash, which hopefully we'll have time to talk about that before it's over with. But. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's just great to after you've seen so many bad movies and and you finally remi- are reminded why you love why you're on this film journey and why you're such a film lover. Um, you know, because these these are the kind of things that remind us why we love film so much. Absolutely. Well, let's let's do that. Let's go ahead and talk Whiplash, um, which is a uh, it, it really uh, you know Whiplash is a, a film that that captures music. In a very interesting way, and uh, let's get your thoughts on this. Well, it's it, it so far it's the single best experience I've had at the movies this year. It's just uh, amazing. Uh, you've got Miles Teller that we've seen in uh, he was in the um, was it Defiance? wasn't Wasn't that the the, the movie with um, uh, Shalene Woodley earlier in the year, wasn't he in that, I believe? And um, Divergent, wasn't it Divergent? Divergent, I don't know why I said Defiance. Divergent, yeah. that's, yeah, it's, it wasn't coming to me. That's all yeah, right. Divergent, that's it, and he, of course, he was in the, uh, they were in another movie uh, earlier, uh, The Spectacular yes. Now, they were yeah. in that last year, so yeah. uh, terrific. He's, he's a good actor who's really, uh, you know, up and coming, and but he really outdoes himself with, with in this film. And of course, J.K. Simmons, we've seen him in supporting parts for years and years, playing J.J. Uh, Jameson in the original Spider-Man trilogy. But never has he been given this kind of an opportunity uh, to to showcase his acting chops as well. the The film basically is about um, a jazz drummer, uh, Miles Teller, this jazz drummer, and he's just obsessed with uh, becoming the best because his father. He was played by Paul Reiser in the film, and his father was uh, wanted to be a writer, but he just never could quite get it together, and he he failed at his attempt at a writing career, and uh, he doesn't want to be that failure like his father, so uh, he's just obsessed with this, and he gets the opportunity. To, he's going to this uh, this, this music um, school and conservatory in, in New York, and he. Uh, gets asked by one of the leading professors there, music professors played by J.K. Simmons, to uh, join his his band and his class. And and the J.K. Simmons character is pretty much the best uh, cinematic analogy I can come up with is that he reminds you of Arlie Ermey in Full Metal Jacket. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what he makes yeah. you think of. Yeah, because he's just he's like that that drill instructor in that film. He's just relentless. You know, he's he takes uh, he's 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 throwing symbols at Miles Teller in the film if he's not drumming correctly. He's you know about to lop his head off with a symbol. He's he's screaming at him. He's you know physically abusive. Uh, you know it's just he does everything he can, but it's all in service to making the Miles Teller character the best that he can be because the J uh, J K Simmons character realizes that. Um, uh, you know this kid's got something, but if if he isn't pushed, he won't he won't be he won't live up to his, his full potential, and so he feels compelled to just you know be relentless on on this kid, and the kid you know basically has a breakdown uh, at one point you know, but the, he tries to the, the kid tries to develop a, a life outside of jazz drumming, and he asks this girl that he goes to the movies a lot, and there's a girl that works at the theater and. 
he asked her out on a date, and they begin a tentative relationship, and then he realizes it's going to detract from his obsession with jazz drumming. And there's a powerful scene in the movie where he breaks up with the girl that was just heartbreaking, I thought, uh, because he, he, he realized that it was just going to not be good for anybody involved if uh, you know because his jazz drumming was going to take up so much time, and eventually she would get resentful and so on and so forth. So anyway, there's just a lot going on there. There's a third act in the film where a lot of some critics have said that it goes off the the end, uh, the, the deep end at the third act, and it doesn't work. I, I felt like it worked perfectly from beginning to end. Just a superbly compelling film and well acted, and uh, I just hope they rem- remember it at uh, award time, and I'll give it a solid A. Wow, solid A for Whiplash, yeah. um, which uh, got a rated R. Uh, about 107 minutes long, so not a long film. Um, so, yeah. um, but you, you, it sounds like uh, you're saying every piece of this film connects. So that's great, Whiplash. Yes, it does. It's good deal. Really, really good. All right. And what was the other film? We've got about five minutes. There was one more that uh, we had chatted about uh, that you wanted to talk about as well. Well, there's two more, and we can wrap this up really quickly. One is Foxcatcher. Uh, that's not actually playing in Charlotte yet, but it will be next Friday. Uh, it comes out the 19th here. And that is director Bennett Miller's first film since his critically acclaimed uh, Moneyball. And he also directed the um, Capote film, uh, the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman, which uh, incidentally I think was uh, not as good as the other Capote film, Infamous. I thought it was a little bit better. Uh, Foxcatcher is a lot like uh, Capote (laughs) because you remember how kind of quiet and slow and meticulously crafted it was. Well, it's kind of like that. Uh, Foxcatcher tells the story of the uh, John DuPont, uh, who's, you know, he's an heir to the DuPont fortune, and he just, he he, he, he wants to, he wants his name to go down in history for something other than just being a DuPont. So he comes up with a scheme to, to get a wrestling team together, and it's a true story, of course. Um, and he gets... Uh, he recruits this 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 up and coming wrestler uh, played by Channing Tatum, and uh, Channing Tatum's brother in the film is played by Mark Ruffalo, and he's he's already established himself as a, as a as a um, well well regarded wrestler, and the Channing Tatum character doesn't want to live in his brother's shadow, so he uh, agrees to go on to Dupont's and join Dupont's wrestling team. But uh, things don't work out quite as planned when, when uh, eventually DuPont get, uh, manages to uh, get rough, uh, the Mark Ruffalo character involved as well, and uh, and things kind of unravel uh, tragically for all involved. Uh, I won't, don't want to say too much. If you're not familiar with the story, it is kind of a surprise. But uh, Steve Carroll is terrific. He's virtually unrecognizable. He's liver-spotted, and he's got a big prosthetic nose, and... Uh, you know, he's really good in the film, different from anything we've ever seen him do before. Uh, but Ruffalo and Channing Tatum are good, and Sienna Miller is good in this, too. We haven't seen her in a while. She's also in um, uh, American Sniper, which I had a chance to see, and she's she's good in that as well. It's good to see her uh, finally uh, getting uh, coming back into uh, her, her own with some, some good, meaty roles. But anyway, uh, but the, but the um, the deliberate pace of the film and the and the slow pacing just kind of killed it for me. Uh, I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay. It's, it's a good film. It's it's just not a great film. If if the pacing had been a little bit uh, 
better, I think I would have enjoyed it. And that's gonna and some people aren't gonna have a problem with that. They're gonna be totally mesmerized and, and I can understand that as well, but but the pacing just kinda killed it for me. So, All right. Awesome. Anyway. Well thanks for sharing and uh, enjoyed our conversation. We got a lot of movies in uh, this week we talked about and talked about some other things as well. Yeah. Uh, we are out of time. Uh, we will uh, come back where you will hear us next week. Um, not going to make any promises for the for the next couple weeks after that, but uh, you'll definitely be hearing us next week. We're going to schedule a time to do that, and we'll uh, we'll update you on what you can and can't hear as it relates to cinema scene uh, during the holiday season. I'm Noel Manning. That's Adam Long. You can find Adam's work at uh, Focus Newspaper. What's that uh, website, buddy? www.focusnewspaper.com. And you can always uh, check us out on SoundCloud.com and iTunes, and just go to wgwg.org. And uh, find us there as well. And if you do not have that mobile app for your phone or your smart device, uh, we encourage you to look it up on the on the Apple Store or your Google Play Store for your devices and uh, download that uh, WGWG. And uh, we'd love to have you listening to us that way as well. Till next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Adam Long. And for this week on Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio WGWG.org, that is a wrap. <laughs>